0: Verse three. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Endure suffering with me. With me. With me. Somebody say, I'm not alone as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the revelation that is going to cause a renewing and activation of the minds. For we shall be renewed in our minds. For the word of God shall go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to do. It will be the sword of the spirit sharper than any two-edged sword. It will divide the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow. Your word have we hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. God, we thank you that your word is alive and active right now in this room. Father, we thank you that it is penetrating, it is piercing, it is discerning the very thoughts and the attentions of people's hearts. Father, we thank you that your word is alive it is moving breathing speaking resounding in this room today father we thank you that as your word comes it becomes like a lamp unto our feet for our darkened path that those that are in darkness will walk out of here today in light for your word shall become the illuminator and the penetrator of every ounce of darkness father we thank you that your word is established in this house today father we say yes to the word of jesus we declare that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld its glory his name is the firstborn the only begotten the son of god jesus you are the word and so jesus as we gather in this room we open your word we declare that we are opening you speak to us speak into us break shake Eradicate everything that needs to be broken off of the lives of those under the sound of my voice. Father, I am a mere man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Father, a vessel in which you can speak from today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me clearly, causing the ears of your people to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church, Father. We thank you today, Father God. We don't take this moment for granted. God, we do not step into it with complacency, but yet rather with a resounding conviction that says, Jesus, we want to follow you. God, we want to glorify you. Lord, we want to be all that you've called us to be. And we thank you for it today, Lord, that your word will establish exactly that. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord some praise in this place. You may be seated all over the house. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning. I truly believe we're in class this morning because of the way that God orchestrates things such as what we are experiencing even right now. And rather than dance around the spiritual warfare, rather than dance around the resistance, we just run head on. Come on, somebody. We run through the wall. Come on, we don't go around the wall. We run through the wall. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. In other words, those that are the blood-bought of God, we don't back up. We don't cower down. We don't bow down. We don't suffer in silence. We stand up. We speak out. We speak up. Come on, somebody. We're the church of the living God. This morning, as I was in, in prayer just over this, I feel like the Lord gave me a title for today's message, and that message is entitled The Lord's Army. I want to talk to you this morning about the Lord's army. There was a children's song that came out many years ago. Many of you probably learned it if you did any kind of children's church. That said, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never shoot for the enemy, but I am in the Lord's army. Come on, somebody. I'm in the Lord's army. We we understand that through Ephesians 6 that there is a battle that is being waged on the lives of not just the believer but even the unbeliever. There is a fight. You call it good and evil, but I call it a, a difference of two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of light, the kingdom of revelation, the kingdom of our God who is who in it is the head of heads. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then uh, in, in in a nemesis match, but yet no comparison. There is a devil who who first Peter told us be vigilant be sober because you have a roaring lion that's walking around an adversary that wants to devour you and there is a fight there is a fight for our eternal state there is a fight for the authority activated in your life you wonder why you're wrestling through addiction you're not fighting addiction you're fighting a devil Oh, y'all came to play patty cake with God. That's great today because while you're putting on the back nine, I'm kicking the wall down and saying, not here today, not now. But you got to understand, listen to me, you ain't fighting anxiety. You're fighting the devil. That new job that you got and you were excited about it, but now you're full of fear? That is not some kind of pharmaceutical fix. You're up against the devil that is fighting. Oh, come on, somebody. He's fighting against you. You were doing so good in the Lord. You were marching so far, so fervently forward. And now all of a sudden, some of you have backslid. You've stuttered. You've stammered. You're wondering what is happening. You're losing your foothold. Everything was good. Everything was great. Can I tell you something? Jesus never promised that it was a magic carpet ride. He never said he was a genie in the bottle that you got to rub just the right way. He said that you would endure this thing as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus. You're going to take fights. You're going to take hits. You're going to have to face affliction. You say you're in the church. I say, no, you're in the Lord's army. The church is the equipping ground of the Lord's army. This is the boot camp. This is the strategization. This is the place where the firstborn uh, poured in to, to equip that we would become the, the, the sons of God, that we would be manifested in the power and the glory of his resurrection, that we would walk in, a, in authority, that we would speak and things would move, that we would realize that we weren't called for our jobs. With those jobs are the, are the platform on which we share the goodness of our God. And so you wonder why you face so much adversity. Some of you wonder why hell shows up in your house on Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I know. I see y'all praising the Lord real good next to each other this morning. But you wanted to punch each other in the throat on the way here. Y'all ain't fooling nobody. Come on, man. This thing's real. It's real. I said it's real we're fighting a real fight against a real devil against a real adversity and if you don't think that if you think you're just here to play church you'll get killed i just need a spoiler alert it's okay we may lose some people for this but it's gonna be all right some of you are here because you said i just want my life to get better i'm gonna do church bro let me tell you something your eternity will get better But your life's about to be all kinds of crazy chaos. When you say yes to Jesus, if you think the enemy ain't coming after you, you're crazy. I can't say that. Anyways, I'm moving on. The apostle Paul told young Timothy in 2 2 Timothy 2 and 3, he said to endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Jesus. And Ephesians 6 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and and spiritual wickedness in high places. Church, the moment that you think that what you're in is a natural battle, you've already lost the fight. Oh my God, I'm going to say that again. The moment that you think that you're in a natural battle, you have already lost the fight. You are not a natural being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being that is having a natural experience. Your eternity will far outlast the longevity of this thing called life. The Bible said, but what is your life but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow? If you think this is what matters, you've missed it. If you think this is what the enemy's after, you've missed it. If you think this is what the enemy's trying to destroy, you've missed it. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to, to gain. There's, there's an understanding that we as the people of God, we are going to face adversity. you got to understand, though, that when you got saved, you got drafted in. You got signed up to the Lord's army. You didn't just get to do church. It wasn't about life groups and maybe I can get on the worship team. No, it was an understanding that when you came into this thing, you signed up for battle. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. That's okay. And I know that that's confirmation because that's confirmation because many of you have been gut punched in the last two weeks. Some of you gasping for air. It took everything you could do to get here this morning. Hello, hello, hello. Who am I talking to? Because the reality of it is, is the enemy sees you on the brink of the bountiful blessings of God. He sees you about to cross over a Jordan into a promised land. He knows that God has something great for you and he's saying, if I can just take him out before he gets there Hmm. as I was praying through this I felt like the Lord gave me an acronym for the word army as we say that we are in the Lord's army so if you're taking notes this morning you can write this down how do you know if you're in the Lord's army you ready for your a the first thing if you're in the Lord's army you got to understand that you're anointed and if you are anointed watch this then you are an annoyance to the enemy Oh my gosh, I just need to help some people. Come on, let's do spiritual, uh, spiritual warfare understanding one-on-one. You ready? That if you are not anointed, then you're not an annoyance to the enemy. Watch, hold on. Some of you need to realize that your battle is the confirmation that you are doing what God has asked you to do. Some of you have faced resistance and you wanted to quit. The resistance was the confirmation that God, oh my gosh, the, the resistance was the confirmation that God actually called you to do it. When you recognize that you are in the Lord's army, then you got to recognize that you are anointed. You are anointed. Psalms 105, 15 says this, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Can you understand something very powerful this morning? I want you to hear this. That I know a lot of times in the church world, preachers like to use that, talking about They made a Facebook post about me. They touched me and it hurt my feelings. And it's true, though. It is true. You best not put your mouth on God's man or woman. Come on, somebody. If the anointing of God is on somebody's life, you're better to keep your mouth shut than to open it and and bring judgment on yourself. For the Bible says in Matthew 7, in the same measure you judge, you will be judged with. Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach the word this morning. And so we find out that when he said, touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. Do you understand that that is not just in the natural, but it is in the spiritual? Do you understand that the Lord of heaven's army is watching over your life? And what, did, what, did jo- what happened with Job? The enemy comes and he says, how about your, your faithful servant Job? I'm going I'm to I'm touch him. And God says this. He says, you can touch anything in his life but not his life. But what did he say? Touch not my anointed. Watch this. Hold on. I'm going to help you real quick. I just got to preach this point and then we're going to move along. The enemy touched God's anointed. But because he touched him, <laughs> it gave God permission to reverse every curse and add blessing. The Bible said that after the enemy was done touching Job, that he got seven times the reward for everything. He, he got better looking children, got better barns, got better houses. He got, come on somebody, because it got touched. Some of you need to hear me this morning. The enemy has touched some things in your life, and I know it hurt. I know it was discouraging. I know you wanted to quit, but the touching was the confirmation that God needed to turn around and say, that's the very area I'm about to bless. Listen to me. When you touch my marriage, you got, I got an anointing now to speak into marriages that I didn't have before. When you touch my kids, I got the blessing of God to be able to stand up and speak into some things. Come on, somebody. The touch, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The touch, the touch, the touch. Some of y'all need to be like MC Hammer. All right, there's my 80 babies. There's my 80 babies. There's my, come on somebody, y'all, y'all want a t-shirt, put that on a t-shirt. Can't touch this, come on somebody, you can't touch this, you can't, ah! I even wore my Hammer pants today. I said, I'm going in there in the Lord's army. I'm putting camouflage on and MC Hammer pants. Because what I'm about to declare is you can't touch this. Some of you need to stand up and you need to decree that over your life. You need to stand in the mirror and say, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord has delivered them out of them all. Enemy, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. Isaiah 61 says... Let the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release the darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve and die and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair or heaviness, and they will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor do you understand now why the enemy hates you so bad watch when the anointing came When the anointing came, when you came under the anointing of the Spirit of God, guess what happened? When the Spirit of the Lord was upon you, all of a sudden your mouth was touched. What did I say? He said he took a coal from the altar and touched my lips. Woe is me, for I am unclean. The first thing that will happen is when the anointing comes, there will come proclamation out of your life. See, the enemy was fine as long as you were silent. The enemy didn't bother you when you didn't talk about the goodness of God. The enemy didn't bother you when you weren't a contender for prayer back in our school. Come on, somebody. The enemy didn't bother you when you were getting drunk and getting high and sleeping around. But the moment you said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. I never faced as much adversity until I got saved. It wasn't until I, come on. When lines of cocaine were on the table and not the Bible, the enemy was all right with me. Am I talking to anybody this morning? When we were doing the devil's dirt, he didn't bother you one bit. But when you came up under that oil... When the anointing of heaven began to flow over your life and you began to realize not just who you are, but who God called you to be, and you began to talk different. And when you got in the lives of people, all of a sudden their life started looking different. And all of a sudden, when you spoke, chains broke. And when you began to re- release things, all of a sudden people listened and people that were in darkness started coming out. Come on, somebody came out of the light. Come on, they came into the light. You got to realize something. When you were no threat, you were no threat. Some of you are wondering why the adversity now, why the trial, why the, why, why the battles now. I'll tell you why. You're in the Lord's army. When you were fighting for the devil, why would he fight you? You were on his team. You were running the ball for him. He ain't going to tackle you. Now all of a sudden you got the ball and you run into the other end zone. And he's saying, oh my gosh, he's against us now. Somebody get him. First John 2 and 27 says that's for the anointing that you receive. Somebody say, I am anointed. It said, him remains in you, and you did not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it it has taught you, remain in him. Let me tell you about the anointing you got. The anointing ain't oil. At least not earthly oil. It's heaven's oil. The anointing that you have received is the pouring out of God's Spirit. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all in the upper room in one place and one accord, and there came a sound. There came a soaking of oil in a room, and it sat upon each and every one of them. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and the fire of God fell, and they stood up and they preached, and they proclaimed the gospel, and 3,000 people were saved. That's what happens when the anointing hits your life. How do you know that you're in the Lord's army? Because you're anointed, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And God's touch is undeniable in your life. When you know that God is on your life, you can begin to affirm and understand that you're in the Lord's army. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, I know the touch of God is on my life? Come on, testify, brother. <laughs> testify, sister. I didn't get here by my own accords. It was by the loving Spirit of God that He poured out on my life that I was able... To even be here the second way that you know how do you know if you're in the Lord's army remember we're doing an acronym the first is that you're anointed but the second is that you're ready somebody say are you ready I'm gonna tell you something in September God began to deal with me a couple weeks ago I'm gonna be bringing a series in September I got another series that God's been building and working in me in the month of September we're going to indulge into a now word somebody say it's a now word in the month of September, I'm going to begin an end time series. I'm going to talk to you about things like the Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist. Come on. The New World Order. Oh, y'all real quiet in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about what it looks like. I'm going to talk about the abomination of desolation. I'm going to talk about all this crap with aliens that they're talking about. We're going to talk about the second coming of the church. Come on. It's time for the church to get informed because when she gets informed, she is empowered. Empowered. Mark 13 and 33 Mark 13 and 33 it says be on guard somebody say be on guard Be, on guard. Guard. be alert for you don't know when the time will come it's like a man going away and he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge Y'all understand we in the Lord's house You understand he's he's distributed power delegated power and authority to us because he went away Jesus said, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many rooms, and that way, where I am, you may be also. Somebody say, He went away, but He's coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a man going away who leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, and each with their assigned tasks. Somebody say, I got an assignment. And tells the one at the door to keep watch. And therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. Whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Somebody say, you got to get ready. Matthew 24 and 44 says, so you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour that you do not expect him. And when this is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards and the master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and and at an hour when he is not aware of and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. 1 Corinthians 16 said, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith and act like men, be strong. If you're in the Lord's army, There is a a prerequisite of readiness that you have to possess. i got to go old school with you a little bit this morning because y'all need this. You need to hear this. Listen to me. You know what I truly believe? I truly believe that we see a church in this day and hour and in this nation that is not living with the end in mind. What we've done is we've gotten so focused on our light shows and our powerful worship and our and our prestige preaching and our three-point messages that what we have forgot is there is a mark to run towards. There is a finish line ahead. And I truly believe that if the church lived with the end in time, we would not have compromised Christianity. We wouldn't have lukewarm believers. You would have people that walk the walk, talk the talk. They live right. Come on, somebody. They do what God's asked them to do because they're Ready? We love this Christianity where you can shack up on Saturday. Come on, somebody. Shack up on Saturday and just act like you, 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 you're the preacher on Sunday. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord this morning. We love it. Come on, we love this, this this wooing and coddling and loving Christianity. And let me tell you something. God is love, and we should love the hound out of people. The, my, my prayer is for Dominion Church. If you shacked up, if you high, if you drunk, whatever, whatever you were, wherever you are, when you come here, my prayer is God, let them feel your love because love covers a multitude of sins. But I love you so much that I don't want you to stay that way. I'm not talking to the person that shacked up up last night. You're a first-time visitor here this morning. Let me tell you something. You're in a great place. But what I am talking to is I'm talking to that person that says they love God, they're serving God, but yet they're living in sin every other day of the week. That's the person. Come on, somebody. I don't care. I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it this morning. Because the Bible says that that person, let me tell you something. The churches, they may accept that, but the Bible tells me that when he comes back, he ain't accepting that. He said, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and mark you, cut you in pieces, and throw you out with the rest of the hypocrites. What am I telling you, church? I'm telling you, you better be ready. This ain't something to play with. Come on, y'all. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sit here and pat you on the back and tell you that it's going to be all right. Do you wake up every day? with an understanding that that day may be the day you meet the Lord. I ain't even talking about the church being raptured. I ain't talking about the, I'm talking about, you understand you could have gotten a car accident on your way here today. And my question to you is, are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to stand before the one and give an account for every idle word you said? Are you ready? Or are you just going through the motions? Because if you're just going through the motion, you ain't in the Lord's army. It ain't okay. Everything ain't, everybody's not going to be happy over there. Come on, somebody. Because everybody ain't going to the same there. Come on, somebody. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord, but I came, to, I came to preach this gospel to you this morning. You need to hear it. The church needs to hear it. Are you living or, and indulging in sin? Or are you ready? Are you living in a lifestyle that's just like, who cares? There's no conviction. I'm okay living here. I'm okay doing this. Knowing that God's word blatantly speaks against it. You're not ready. You're not ready. How do you know you're in the Lord's army? You're anointed. You're ready. The third thing is is that you will be mobilized. Somebody say mobilized. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, God's people have been called to be on mission with God. Mobilization is all about ensuring that God's people in each and every generation join with him on mission. Because there are people that do not know him. There are people of the world. And God's plan is to mobilize the people of God to where they become the people of God. And go gather more people of God. And the importance of this ministry of mobilization is impossible to exaggerate. Let me tell you something. You cannot exaggerate the ministry of mobilization. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people that when they get saved and they come to know Jesus, glory to God, we shout, we clap. But now my question is, is were you saved to sit? Were you saved to sit? Or were you saved to serve? See, because I think, ah... Oh, See, I think a lot of times in the church, it's beginning to look a lot like a bus stop. It's okay, I didn't come for the hand claps or the amens this morning. I came to preach the truth because they shall hear the truth and the truth shall set them free. This is what I'm wondering. Does the church look more like a bus stop or does it look more like a boot camp that is uh, assimilating believers into mighty warriors of our God? This is what I see a lot of times in church. People come They get saved, glory to God, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And then they just come into church every Sunday. Some of them are so saved, they even show up on Wednesday. And they come in, they sit down. I got my ticket. What are you doing here? I'm just waiting on the Lord to come pick us up. What are you doing with your life, brother? I gave my heart to the Lord 50 years ago. I've just been sitting here at this bus stop waiting for him to pick me up read in the book where he's coming back to get me and and you got somebody with stage four cancer Ten feet in front of you, that's bound in addiction. Come on, that's 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 doing drugs for a relief of their pain, and the church is holding a ticket, thinking, Ah, my God, thinking that he's coming back to pick him up at a bus stop. I came to tell you, the Bible said, Woe to the man that is found sleeping! That when he comes back, he's looking for someone that's up doing the work. He ain't looking for the sitting-down, subtle Christianity. He's looking for those that will stand up and speak out. Mobilization. Welcome to Dominion Church, where we believe every believer has a purpose. That you weren't saved for a seat, sister. Matter of fact, we believe when you really get saved, you'll get up and stand up against the wall if you got to so somebody that don't know Jesus can have your seat. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Y'all from the churches that puts name tags on the side of the pews. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. You know what I love, though? I'm just going to be honest with you. I love it. Because at Dominion Church, we get called the worldly church because it's dark in there. They got lights out there. And let me tell you, they evidently ain't never heard none of the messages the preacher preaches. But I'll be honest with you. This atmosphere, is, it is truly an atmosphere that we've learned to host the presence of God in. You know what's so crazy is God shows up every time we gather. But because people don't like the skin, they're afraid to drink the wine. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1 says, And after this the Lord appointed 72 others. Somebody say somebody else. And he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers a few, and asked that the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Verse 3, and go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. I want to jump down now to verse 16. We find that after they go out, what happens? Verse 16, and it says, whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. Some of you could take that scripture, get that tattooed on your arm. Because some of y'all deal with the spirit of rejection, and what you don't understand is they ain't rejecting you. They're rejecting the God inside of you. Glory to God. Moving on. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. All right, all right, all right. And the 72 returned with joy, said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. We have to understand that when, when Jesus came, his ministry, watch this, his ministry looked like mobilization. <laughs> I'm this is a Wednesday night word for a Sunday morning crowd, but it's okay. When Jesus came, he came with a, with a method of mobilization. Watch this. He said, if you're with me, you don't just get to hang on. Sometimes I'm going to tell you to go. You've got to go places I ain't, I, ain't even, I ain't even gone yet. I'm about to send you where I'm about to show up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Catch that. The Bible said that when Jesus sent them, he sent them out two by two everywhere where he was about to. Go. The church has not seen revival like we feel like has been promised, and the reason why is because we're asking God to go first. See, but He said, Where are the ministry, where are the apostolic hubs that raise up leaders and send them out? See, in the method of church, we got a tending sheep mentality when we should be sending sheep. Oh, come on, somebody. That's the difference in the apostolic and the, in the pastoral mindset. My heart is not just to coddle you, to love you. Sheep need that. That's why we got 12 pastors. But my heart is, how are we equipping them? How are we establishing them? How are we mobilizing them? How are they getting up from where they are to go do great exploits for God? See, if you're in the army, you'll be mobilized. Talk to any active service member here. Any of them could get called up at any time. My God, you better hear me preach this morning. Where is the mentality in the church that when the Lord calls, we get, we, where are you going, brother? I just got an active duty call. I got to go. I got to go. There's a guy that's drunk. He's down in the projects, and I'm going to pray for him. Come on. There's a student in my school, and he's wrestling with a spirit of suicide. I got to go pray for him. Where is the people that get activated, mobilized into the ministry that God's called them to? Hmm. Watch, watch, watch! Ephesians four and eleven says so. Christ Himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip. I wonder a lot of times why do we got all this ti- Why why do we have all these titles but yet no function? Who are you? I'm the apostle bishop of the firstborn apostolic Nazarene Ger- glory to Jordan Church. Wonderful. What are you doing with the gospel? Who are you? I'm Kyle. I am a son of God. Come on. Who are you? I'm Jamie. I'm a daughter of God. Watch this. When we recognize the one who has sent us, and we recognize the one that has called us, Ephesians 4 paints a picture of the church that says that he gave these gifts. What gifts? Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Why? For the equipping... Listen to me, if you don't feel equipped, if you don't feel empowered, if you don't feel like you want to get up out here and go kick the gates of hell down in Jesus' name, you're in the wrong church. You should be feeling equipped and empowered, like I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And watch this. You understand, even in my, in my ministry, I've got, I provide covering for uh, 28 other ministries. There's churches that are planted in, in the United States. I cover them. I'm a voice of counsel. We, we're getting ready to ordain our first ministry across seas in Africa. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Be, come on. But what, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this, that our job was never to build churches. It was to build the church. Watch this. God told me a long time ago. He said, "Don't worry about building, building, building buildings." He said, "You build the people. The people will build buildings." Our heart, our mission, our vision is you get saved in the Lord's army. Praise God. Glory to God. Wonderful. Now you're enlisted. Now it's our job to train you. You go through boot camp. You will go through spiritual conditioning. You're going to learn things. Your first job is just to be seated and, and retain and, and get in the word of God, get into prayer. But after that, you were saved for a purpose. And now it's our job. Do we got to discover. What is, what is she? Is she an evangelist? Is she going to go and, and preach? Are they going to go hold tent meetings? Are they going to hold prayer meetings? Are they going to go into the school's? system and get involved in in the FCA. What what is their MO? What's their purpose? My last one, and I'm done. You're going to be anointed. You're going to be ready. You're going to be mobilized. But you'll never be in the Lord's army if you're not yielding. When I was thinking in meditation over this word this morning, couldn't help. But think about the concept of a yield sign. Here's what God wanted me to ask you. In your life, who has the right of way? Some of you are blistering through life. You're flying through life. You're speeding through life. You're trying to accomplish all these great things. But God's saying, who has the right of way? See, when I come up to a yield sign and the yield sign is facing me, that tells me the oncoming traffic has the right of way and it's my job to stop and let any oncoming traffic pass by. Here, let me put it this way for you. You have to learn to literally say, God, you go first. So many of us are in such a hurry that we pull out in front of God and the one that had the right of way. Watch this, Matthew 6 and 33, ready? Matthew 6 and 33 said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What did he say? He for, he's first. Seek him first and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you as well. Romans 6 and 13 says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield, somebody say yield. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, and says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. Watch, watch, watch. What did he say? That when you're anointed, when you're ready, when you're mobilizing, you are yielding. That sin will no longer have dominion over you. Come on, somebody! I'm talking to the person that's here this morning. You've been struggling through pornography. You've been struggling through addiction. You can't lay those pills down. Come on! God's dealt with you and delivered you from relationships, relationships that were contrary to His word. You broke free. You got free. But now all of a sudden you find yourself back in them, and it's a constant vicious cycle. And what the Spirit of God is saying, He's saying, if you'll yield to Me, if you'll let Me go first, if you'll let Me go and then you follow in My footsteps, for the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. If You let me go first. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. Stand with me all over the house. James 4 and 7 said, Submit yourselves then unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you see the order? It's God first, y'all. So many of you say, preacher, I don't understand it. I've been resisting the enemy. I've been resisting temptation. i got an accountability partner. That's all great, y'all. That's all biblical. But here's my question. Where's your submission to God? We're fine saying we're resisting the devil, but here's my my, my greater challenge to you. Where is the submission? Where's your submission this morning? Are you just going through life and then wondering why you're being plummeted? Wondering why it feels like all of darkness is overthrowing you? Why is it that it feels like all hell has been released on your life? Why is it that it feels like in every moment of every turn there's another attack? There's another adversary? There's another lie? There's another stronghold? Because where is your submission? Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil And he will flee from you. You gotta yield. You gotta yield. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 says, do not quench the spirit. What's he saying? Don't cut him off. Don't cut him off. A couple years ago there were some videos that began to go viral. And there was a there was, a, there was a theme that was developed in this country called Stolen Valor. And there are servicemen and women that are here today that are passionate about the concept of Stolen Valor because what Stolen Valor is, is it is people that pose as military. They go get the camouflage. They go get the outfits, the emblems, the tags, the patches. They put berets on. And then they go out in public and they look for the compliments of the community. And there's been people, literally, real soldiers that have been in malls and they've walked up and there's been people that are standing there in army fatigues and they'll look at them and they'll say, man, you know, what was your M.O.? And they'll begin to talk to them and they'll begin to discover that their function does not line up with what they are portraying. And as I was in prayer over this message, God began to tell me, He said, I am dealing in this season with stolen valor in my house. People that say they're in my army that dress up and try to play the part, but when you check the fruit, it's not there. How do you know you're in the Lord's army? Because you're anointed, you're ready, you're mobilized, and you're yielding. Listen to me, I don't ever want to be a concept of stolen valor in the Lord's army. I don't want to play the part. I don't want to dress up. I don't want the crowds to come, hear what I got to say. And when all the crowds leave, I know nothing about the one in whom I am serving. I don't want the crowds to come. I don't want to see people be touched by the commander in chief. And yet my own life is not under submission. My own life is not under his authority. I don't want to be in a place where we're just playing church, where we dress up every Sunday. But when God comes, he says, who are you? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we want to be who you've called us to be. Father, my heart is this morning that we would truly be in the Lord's army. Father, yeah, we're going to face resistance. God, yes, we're going to face attacks. But Lord, let us be found anointed, ready mobilized and yielding. God, help us to be anointed, ready, mobilized and yielding. God, to the one that doesn't know you this morning, I'm asking God that your anointing comes, that begins to ready their heart to receive you, Jesus, as the way, the truth, and the light, that you will mobilize them. And God, as they yield and quench not your spirit, you'll draw them close to you, Lord. Father, I can't help but think of one of the greatest militant leaders in your word, and it was a young powerful man by the name of Joshua God he was anointed God you called him God you consecrated him God you established him but God then you readied him and in your readiness God he said these words that prepare yourself for in three days we cross over and what Moses couldn't do in 40 years Joshua did in three days he mobilized the people and he taught them about yielding to your spirit as he marched them around the walls of Jericho six days in silence they were yielding to you Lord only to open their mouths and shout and watch every wall come down. God, we want to be those people. God, I'm asking for a dozen Joshuas. God, I'm asking, Lord, for people that know who you are, that fear the Lord above all else, and that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And God, we don't play church. God, we don't play patty cake with the devil. But God, we are ready and mobilized and yielding to your spirit every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning. And you say, preacher, I'm not not living a life submitted to God. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Jesus. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Come on, nobody's looking around. It's just me, you, and Jesus right now. Thank you for your hand. Come on. I'm not living. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I know. I heard you preaching this morning, preacher. I, it was convicting. It was cutting. I realized I want to be what God's called me to be. I don't want to be that one in Matthew 24 where I'm cut off. I don't want to be called a hypocrite. If you hear this morning that you say, that's the Lord. He's still with me. He's calling me. He's calling me to his army. He's calling me to serve. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Will you raise your hand if that's you? Keep your hand up. Thank you, sister. Come on, raise them up high. Unashamed, unashamed. Preacher, you're preaching to me. Come on, this ain't a place of judgment. This is a place where, where God is found. This is a place where you're loved. Thank you, sister. Come on, you're saying, you're talking to me. That's me. I feel the drawing of the Lord. I feel the pulling of the Spirit of God. You can put your hands down. If you're here this morning, And you would simply say, preacher, I'm in the Lord's army, but lately I've been greatly discouraged. It's been hard. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. I know. But God is faithful.